love it when a leader says, I have no interest in fashion, but I love that story. And I'm like, oh, you do have an interest in fashion because you're not naked. everyone and happy spring from you have to wear something i am getting a new logo and i know this makes you very very happy for me new art is always fun so i mentioned before that i was attending these free fashion classes at slow factory thanks to miss paris in miami hey girl hey thanks for the plug but yeah i attended a fascinating presentation on the erasure of the fashion industry and quite frankly entire villages and ways of life in Palestine. Presented by Yasmin Mjali or Mjali, I hope I'm pronouncing that right and probably not, but talk about a queen. And it was obviously an emotional topic for her since her family had been directly affected by the occupation. We'll just call it that. Hit your Googles, listen in history class, but you should know by now, I am obsessed with the facts and the history of where stuff comes from, so that's that. Fashion and style just didn't fall out of the damn sky. Fabrics, prints, and patterns often have an origin story rooted in folklore, religious practice, and some form of indigenous past. Yasmin spoke passionately about memory and memoricide, a word I will now use going forth. Now, listen up black and brown folks, because this applies to you too, since we have also been victim to different types of oppression, occupation, and at worst, forms of genocide. Memoricide is the destruction of the memory, extermination of the past of targeted people. It also refers to destruction of the traces like religious buildings, schools that might recall former presence of those considered desirable. Memoricide is used in support of ethnic cleansing. Since the memoricide refers to intentional attempts to erase human memory about something, it is usually performed as destruction of its physical property. Sound familiar, y'all? I immediately thought of the Tulsa massacre, but back to Palestine. So what does this have to do with fashion? Who cares? Well, let me ask you, have you ever heard of Tetris or Kefie? If you shop at Free People or Anthropology but don't know what those words mean, you are part of this memoricide. The Kafiye or Kufiya, also known as Gutra, Shemag, Hata, or Mashada, is a traditional Arabian headdress, or what is sometimes called a habit that originated in the Arabian Peninsula and is now worn throughout the Middle East region. It is fashioned from a square scarf and is usually made of cotton. It is a Bedouin Arab's kerchief worn as headdress. Remember early 2000s when all of a sudden, guys especially, began wearing those Middle Eastern scarves? Urban Outfitters, Forever 21, and so on, they all sold them for very cheap. And we, including me, wore them in ignorance. The kefiye, symbol of Palestinian struggle, has fallen victim to fashion. Some Arabs object to the prince commercialization, saying it normalizes the occupation. The checkered print often seen on the traditional Arab kefiye headdress is currently being deployed by luxury brands such as 
Cecily Copenhagen, where the print is featured in their autumn winter collection, as well as fast fashion retailers like Boohoo and ASOS. There are concerns that its connections with the Palestinian struggle are being diluted and exploited. Omar Joseph Nasser Khoury, a Palestinian fashion designer, says the kefiye symbolizes dispossession, systematic displacement, extrajudicial killings, and oppression. Its use by designers divorced from that context is, he says, irresponsible. It's almost disrespectful and it's exploitive. The apparent proliferation of kefiye-inspired designs comes at a time of increased debate about cultural appropriation. Practices such as wearing Native American headdresses at festivals, festivals that have been canceled by COVID, by the way, have been re-examined, and Kim Kardashian's line of shapewear, recently its name Kimono, was retracted after widespread criticism in an online campaign Yet, Boohoo's 10-pound kefiye, reminiscent of tribal print smock, it says, doesn't seem to have been met with the same open criticism. While some designs riffing on the kefiye have encountered enough mainstream protests to be withdrawn, such as a Topshop festival-ready scarf in 2017, or Urban Outfitters' anti-war woven scarf in 2007, Many others have found their way onto the list of best dressed in recent summers, as well as being worn by many Instagram influencers. Yasmin was particularly angered by the Israeli brand Dodo Bar Or's first collection, which took the print and put it on play suits and blouses, making it a favorite on Instagram since it was released in 2016. It's a pattern that has lent itself to the prairie style dresses that have made the last few seasons catwalks feel like the frontier. It's almost become commonplace to see the design co-opted. The effect of this for Amani Hassan, a program director at the Arab British Center, is it loses its original meaning and with that it normalizes the occupation. Its current co-option coincides with difficult times in the Palestinian struggle, from the U.S. Embassy moving to Jerusalem, to the persistent humanitarian crisis in Gaza, and the approval of thousands more illegal Israeli settlements in the occupied West Bank. Although the print is not exclusive to Palestine, different colors are associated with different regions. It is internationally most associated with the Palestinian quest for self-determination. It has long been worn by those wishing to express solidarity, and that has been the accessories equivalent of a Che Guevara poster for teenagers wanting to signal a rebellious streak. But now the kefiye print seems to have gone from activist chic to a runway staple. For Nasser Khoury, there is a specific dynamic at play with the use by an Israeli designer such as Dorit Bar Or. Hassan agrees, it shouldn't be any different but for the obvious circumstances we are living in right now, that it is a sad reality. There is a context, there is a power imbalance, and there is a privilege. You have people who were dispossessed in 1948 and made refugees and they still live in camps in Lebanon. And then you use this garment, which carries all of that pain for personal advancement. Another example is Tatris. Tatris is an imaginative expression of cultural elements in a handcrafted art that has been handed down by generations of women in the villages of Palestine. 
Each village has its unique patterns, motifs, and colors for dresses, and finely stitched multicolored threads in hand-loomed cotton or linen. This art reproduces uh, familiar patterns available in nature. Cypresses, palms, birds, wheat ears, grapes, stars, landscape features, and geometric shapes. It makes me think of the debate over cornrows and box braids created in patterns that are thousands of years old that get reduced to just a hairstyle or called Bo Derrick braids. When enslaved people put rice and directions within braids to run away from slavery. But yeah, whatever, it's just a hairstyle. So what now? Well, awareness is the first step to this stuff. I mean, I think we all shopped at everything store on Amazon, mindlessly looking for the cheapest price without any notion of where things come from or why they exist. I love listening to Africans talk about the process of making clothes and the emotion and care that goes into it. Picking the fabric, making the pattern, going through the fittings. This isn't just how wedding gowns get made, y'all. It's how everything was made with intention. If you bought something so cheap you can't even believe it costs so little, most likely someone suffered in the process, a kid or a woman made it for pennies overseas, out of sight and out of mind. And when you cop those summer dresses that are quote unquote ethnic, pause, take a pause. What ethnicity? What group of people are being appropriated? I mean, I have seen Tetris in Isabel Morant and Ula Johnson and so on and so forth, brands I bought. So we are all guilty. We're all guilty of it. And I know it ain't easy to shop your values, I mean, Palestinians used to have entire villages of weavers or people who naturally dyed fabric and then exported it. There was culture and commerce lost, possibly for good, but I am grateful to have learned from a thought leader like Yasmin Mjali or Mjali, um, M-J-A-L-L-I. That's her last name. She's easy to find. Please follow her if you're feeling a bit more enlightened right now because I attribute that to her. And happy spring, y'all. And until next time, peace.